0: I think for me, the number one trend is employers are failing to realize that the employees are going through a mental health crisis themselves. We have seen it, a big increase in mental health trauma with employees, whether it is, I cannot come into work because uh, my son has COVID or there's an outbreak in a healthcare facility. And so that has that taken a toll on our, our employees in a mental health and a healthcare environment, and, and that's become significant. And so, one of the responsibilities that I'm tasked with is how do we assist our employees in that capacity?
1: Welcome to the Living Centered Podcast, where we enter into honest conversations about pursuing a more centered life, rediscovering, reclaiming, and rooting in to who we truly are. I'm your host, Miles Edcox.
2: I'm your host, Lindsay Nobles. And I'm your host, Mackenzie Vogt. Hey, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Living Center podcast. Today, we're pulling back the curtain and introducing you to another one of our incredible team members. Today, we want to introduce you to Roy Day. And as he'll share, he just joined the team as our chief people officer. Can you think of a cooler title? I am so excited for you to get to meet Roy, mostly because... I am just so incredibly excited about all that he is bringing to OnSite. He is super passionate about normalizing mental health and creating access to resources not only for the broader world like we do at OnSite, but for our employees. He comes with a deep breath of experience and expertise both in human resources and in behavioral health. He joined our team after recently serving as the Chief Culture, Diversity, and Inclusion Officer, and he's just passionate about creating a life-giving, inclusive, and holistic experience for every single employee. So if you are in this weird season like so many of us are and feeling burnt out, Maybe you're even thinking about quitting your job. We'd love for you to listen to this episode as he talks about marrying mental health and wellness in the middle of a global pandemic uh, with our work environment. So without further ado, meet our friend and teammate, Roy Day. Well, welcome. We're so excited that you're here, Roy. And we're just excited to hear a little bit from you as our new chief people officer.
0: That's right. That's
2: right. What are you? Are you weak?
0: I am week three, I believe. Yeah. Oh, my Seems god! Like Seems got it six. all figured out already. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like it's week six, but uh, it's week three.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> how it is, an yes. on-site a bit. Just kind of adds up. It's like dog years, right?
0: Right, right.
2: <laughs> um, well, I would just love for people to hear a little bit from you about who you are and how you got to on-site.
0: Well, well thank you, ladies. Uh, I am just happy to be here uh, working with everybody and excited. To me, I'm a I'm gonna be personal a little bit. I, I have the best title in the world.
1: Yeah, you do <laughs> have people a great officer. title.
0: That's fun. Um, and, and that just work. It just involved with working with people, just engaging uh, our employees and working with people. And that's just that fits right up my alley. I've mm-hmm. been serving people for almost 25 years now. I know. I started when I was 12. I say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I, I enjoy serving people and, mm-hmm. and, and improving the employee experience overall. Um, a little bit about me: uh, been in human resources again for 25 years. Been in healthcare industry um, for uh, since 2006. Okay. Um, come from senior nursing home facilities, rehab mm-hmm. facilities, then got into hospitals, and then in 2014. Had a great experience with uh, working with uh, behavior health, uh, child, adolescent, mm. uh, and uh, autism, and so we got in. I got into that realm and helping employees and working with people. Yeah, <laughs>
2: That's so great. I love
1: that. So three weeks, and what are some things that you've noticed about on-site kind of culturally, and some just general observations? Either before or when you were in the interview process, things that made you maybe want to take the job, or. Things that maybe you thought you could add value to, that, which that, there are a lot of those.
0: Good question. I um, for me, it's the heart. People, the the employees here. When you step foot on campus, it's just the energy yeah. level uh, that that employees have, and why wouldn't any HR professional want to join <laughs> this organization? Because it's, it's just amazing when you get out, when you smell the fresh air. You walk into the halls. You walk from your car to the loft, and then you uh, go across to the admin buildings. Everybody's just has some some type of energy level, and I'm, I mean from hospitality to our maintenance crew, on up to our CAs and then our our admin team, the superheroes here. <laughs> uh, it, it's just amazing. A positive group of uh, people.
2: I agree. I think we have a really unique culture, and I've seen it. I mean, I've been here almost three years and seen it in a lot of different iterations. And obviously, we all went through a global pandemic together. And so, I think that is something that held me um, the most grounded mm-hmm. was the people, even through the pandemic, like That's the right. connections back with people. And I think we have a really unique culture. Um, I think we're in a unique time right now. With we are what eighteen months into a pandemic. And I, the people that are in my sphere of influence and even externally, like it's a weird time for employers and it's a weird time for employees because I think we're reevaluating what's important to us. What are some of the trends that you've seen from your
0: seat? I I think for me, the number one trend is, is that employers are failing to realize that the employees are going through a mental health
2: Hmm. crisis
0: themselves. Yeah. And so it's great that we provide a great service to the clients and to whether you have patients, whether you have patients in hospitals or whatever, we provide a great service. Mm -hmm. But who's providing that service back to us? Yeah. And so we have seen it, uh, a big increase in mental health trauma with employees, whether it is Mm. I cannot come into work because uh, my son has uh, COVID or there's an outbreak in a healthcare facility. Yeah. And, and so that, that has taken a toll on our employees in a mental health and a healthcare environment, and, and that's become significant. And so one of the responsibilities that I'm tasked with is how do we assist our employees in that capacity? And for me, I, I personally went through some mental health yeah. uh, struggles with that. I've had to seek out a therapist during this time because I, I needed... I was giving so much that my tank was was getting empty. Yep.
1: Definitely. And so
0: I had to do some things uh, uh McKinsey, to 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 pour and, and invest in myself. And so um that is very big in this in this time as uh employers are still seeking out ways. You yeah. you thought we would get the picture by now, but implor- employers are really uh saying what do we do? Where do we go from here?
1: Yeah. And what do they do? I mean, is it about adding benefits or is it about sort of creating space in a work environment for people to talk
0: about what's going on
1: in their personal lives and the stress and anxiety that they're feeling?
0: It's a combination of both. And so I, I broke it down in, in the last couple of years. I broke it down into ser- several different areas. Mm-hmm. Number one, workplace boundaries. Yeah. When you go home, when you come off of a, uh, uh, get on 48. Is it 48 Highway 48 yeah. right here? Yeah. Oh, get there. Uh, when you get on 48, you decompress. Yeah. You let it all out. Yeah. And when you're at home, you're focused on at home. Yeah. And when you're coming into work, you you you're getting ready for the day. You're ready to serve. Uh, so what I'm saying is that employees need to have a, a great work-life balance. They have to have mm. boundaries around them. The second piece to that. Is that you're right? We do have to add benefits, um, some services, and so some of the things that I'm familiar with is offering mental health hours hmm. to employees, uh, giving them space to say, okay, I'm having a rough day, processing some things professionally or personally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I need to step away for an hour. Yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna take a mental health hour. Here at, at Onsite, is perfect because I can go to the lake, I can go uh, look at the horses, I can even look at the ducks or whatever, yeah. and just sit there and just breathe in for an hour mm. and, and refresh myself. Another one is, is creating a space for mindfulness use. You know, I've, I've heard employers uh, reward their employees by giving them a, a subscription to Calm. Which yeah, is, so yeah I love not,
1: I love my sleep stories. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you, you like love them? that? <laughs> yeah,
0: they're so good. <laughs> it, but you know they could be expensive. Yeah, yeah I it think is. it's like eighty it adds uh, up. to a hundred dollars a year or something like that. So yeah. employers are now giving that to employees to mm. utilize that. And uh, it's nothing like getting uh like being told a story or something like breathe in and breathe mm-hmm. out. <laughs> Process the day. I love it. I love it, Lindsay. Yeah, they've
1: got like Matthew McConaughey film right. some, some of them, like tape some of them. Do you fall
2: asleep though to Matthew McConaughey's voice? That's the real yes, question. I I have. Totally you do.
1: It's amazing because the stories. I don't know how it works, but it's like the stories are like you're okay not hearing the end of them, right? And they just like lull you to sleep,
0: and you're like, right, slow your mind down. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then they have the birds or the uh, ocean in yes. the background, so. Uh, those are some things you you have to do because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're processing a lot uh, mentally. Yeah. And so a lot is going in. And so we have to pour into our employees from a mental health standpoint.
2: And do you feel like you've seen people who have done that well and the benefits of that, like, for employees? Like, I would love to hear an example of like, hey, I've seen this go well here. Mm Mm-hmm. Because my hesitation or where I think that maybe an employer would have hesitation is I'm already strapped. We've got a workforce that is thin as it is. We're all in a global pandemic, like creating more space for this. I think there is a fear that giving someone an extra hour off or whatever, that it wouldn't actually, we wouldn't see the benefits of that. And I think, I think that cognitively, but knowing from my own experience, if I take that hour, then I can show up better. Mm -hmm. So do you have some examples of when you've seen people do that well?
0: I have, and uh, a good example is uh, I had a supervisor that was just amazing, and mm. she would she was very good because she had a a great spirit of discernment. Yeah. She can tell from her team when they were getting uh, stressed, when they were having a bad day, and she would just politely tap on their shoulder and say, "Hey, you need a mental health hour? Let mm. me jump in and 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 cover your shift for an hour or forty five minutes." And she did that consistently. And then what What the response was when I asked the employees, I mean, how, how did you feel about that? The employees turned around and said, hey, for her to jump in and cover 45 minutes to an hour of mm-hmm. my shift and allow me time to process some things, I'm going to work harder for that supervisor. Yeah, yeah. I'm
2: there's loyalty support. there.
0: That's right. That's right. And so um, that was amazing uh, for them because they came back and worked even harder. And then it. the thing I loved about it was that it started spreading like wildfires. Mm. Employees would start tapping on the shoulders of other employees and say, Hey, you need 15 minutes?
2: Yeah, Go
0: run around the uh, mansion or something or do something. Uh, take a coffee break yeah. or, or go get a smoothie or something. <laughs> and uh, it just, that team, you could tell the difference between that team in that particular <laughs> uh, environment versus another team that struggled. And um, the big thing for me, though, was to notice it, mm-hmm. but also communicate that to other teams. Mm-hmm. I think one thing is, is uh, McKinsey, is that when we do have a special event or a special function or do something nice for the employees, we don't communicate it a, a lot. And so that was important mm-hmm. for other teams to see that so other teams can pattern oh, that and be successful as well. Mm.
1: The storytelling component is really important.
0: It is it is very important
1: your last title you were the diversity officer what was the it was
0: gonna... it was the chief culture Diversity and inclusion officer.
1: Cool title, too.
0: It was. I
2: just feel like you keep creating all the titles. Like, I like to do I this work and I'll just create a I, I need it. a
1: redo on my title.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's redo all of our titles. That'd be great. <laughs> so fun.
2: And I love that you come with
1: that experience and that, that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've learned getting to know you a little bit better is that you think so holistically about diversity and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes, um, especially in the South, Mm -hmm. that that feels like a a hotbed. You know, like people just get tense hearing those words of like, we're either not doing enough or we're doing too much. And it just starts to make people feel uncomfortable. But What I've learned about you is that you really just think so holistically and in such a way that's just disarming about that. I'd love to hear sort of your philosophy on diversity and inclusivity and sort of how you think we can be more successful at that work here at OnSite and culturally.
0: Uh, That's a very good question. It's it's a couple of things that I'm noticing. I've only been here how long? Three weeks? Three (laughs) weeks, yeah. (laughs) So it's a couple of things. Uh, one is being authentic. Mm. Uh, when you are very authentic and you have space for just being yourself, yep, uh, then that that's going to make diversity and your culture more better. Mm. Um, the second thing is is just allowing employees to be psychologically safe. Mm, yep. Meaning, uh, we provide a safe environment to our clients. So therefore, we need to do the same thing and provide a a safe environment for our employees to help them be psychologically safe. And, and studies have shown that when they're safe, they're going to give back, and give more.
2: Yeah.
0: The prime example is the example I gave of the, the supervisor tapping on the shoulder of the employee. Yeah. That employee came back and felt that they were psychologically safe, so mm-hmm. therefore they can be more authentic. Not
2: going to be then, punished for that. Yeah. That's
0: right. And then the outcome of that is just, it's just amazing.
2: Yeah.
0: Um I, I share this all the time in all the trainings. Uh you can be diverse all you, all you want. You can invite somebody to the party, but if you don't invite them to dance, mm. then that doesn't make it, then diversity would mean nothing. Right. Uh so what I'm saying is is that you have to include uh employees, diverse employees into the into that and when you do that the, your culture is great. I always use this analogy of 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 You know, Lindsay, what's your favorite cake?
1: Oh gosh, it's hard to choose. Uh, Red velvet.
0: Red velvet. I like red Mm. velvet, so I'm gonna make Lindsay. uh, I'm gonna get all the ingredients and uh, make Lindsay her favorite cake. What's your favorite cake, Mackenzie?
2: I really love yellow cake with chocolate frosting. That's
0: what I'm talking about. So Mm. we're gonna make both cakes this this morning to uh, for for both Lindsay and and Mackenzie. So I get all the ingredients. That's diversity. Right. Which is the ingredients. The, what is it? The eggs, the red velvet coloring, the uh, flour, the cream sugar, cheese. the cream mm. cheese. Y'all didn't know I could cook, did you? No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We're waiting for these cakes.
0: And so I get all those items. Mm-hmm. I, that's the diversity piece yeah. of it. Yeah. I put it in the bowl and I start mixing the bowl. That's the being inclusive. Mm. That's putting everything in there. And then the outcome is what? A nice... Fluffy pound cake with chocolate icing and a nice red velvet cake. And so what I always tell employees is, which ingredient are you? Mm. Are you the flour? Are you the sugar? Are you uh, uh, the—someone told me one time, I'm the oven. I make everything spice up and heat up. (laughs) Somebody uh, told me I'm the self-rising flour because without me, everything else is not going to puff up. I love and, it. And so, when you put those ingredients mm-hmm. into that mixing bowl, on site, which is on site,
2: yeah,
0: you start mixing it up, and then the outcome is just amazing. Yeah. Mm. It's diversity, but it's, you're including all those ingredients for a great, beautiful cake. Yeah, and it'd so, be
1: so sad if it was just flour, or just right. eggs, or just
0: just butter, cream cheese. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just crook. I made you love butter. butter. So, it's fine.
0: So my thing to employees is, you know, which ingredient are you? Are, yeah. are you going to be the one to to really come in and make a difference? Are you going to be the one that level things out? Are you going to be the one that spices things up? Uh, so which ingredient are you? All right.
2: Mm. That's a great question. It's got me thinking, which ingredient am I? I think as we look at kind of just realistically, we're in the South. We have a pretty homogenous staff, and we're trying to really get more diverse and create the diversity aspect of that. And then you can't even get to the inclusion part until you've increased that diversity part. Why is that so important, and how do we—what are some of your ideas around that as we really try to make that effort known here?
0: Well, I just pulled a report and uh, before, before our conversation, and it, the report was amazing. Uh, 63% of our staff is comprised of women. Which is phenomenal. Yeah, eighty-six percent is is comprised of Caucasian, mm-hmm. and seven percent is um, African American. Uh, so we so being transparent, you have to be transparent, and uh, we have some work to do. Yeah, and so um, as I was sharing with our our VP of Clinical, I was sharing with them we have to build relationships with like historically black colleges and universities. Yeah. Finding veterans administration uh, offices to either recruit more um, minorities or even in the Hispanic community. Yeah. We need to go out, find those areas. And um, I believe in Tennessee and Nashville, we have those areas. Mm-hmm, we just absolutely. need to take advantage of those. And um, so I think we need to put a plan together. I'm working on a a 100-day DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Plan. Mm-hmm. For the company, and uh, we're, we're gonna put some things on, on it and hold us accountable for it. And uh, we just need to go out and get it. And so I, I think we can do that. I think we have an opportunity. Yeah. But go- it goes back to what Lindsay is saying with the benefits. We have to uh, have things that not only attract minority candidates, yeah. but engage them, mm. make them feel psychologically safe, authentic. Yeah. And then we also have to do everything possible to retain them.
1: Yeah, yeah. and celebrate what they bring to the table—the flavor and the uh, unique individuality That's that right. each person brings. That's I right. Love that. That's right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. And then we also have to to be transparent and have communication meetings with our employees.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, as you know, we we are growing, and so uh, which is exciting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, but it's also an opportunity for us to be diverse, more diverse.
2: Yeah. So being forthcoming about it, I think a lot of times it, we get nervous about, like, well, if we talk about this, then we can't do it well. Or if we talk about it, then there's something wrong with it, where I think even hearing you say that, like, we have to talk about it. We have to say we have some work to do, and we're growing, and this is an opportunity for us to put that in, in the right. results we want. That's yeah. right.
0: You have to be uh, transparent mm-hmm. in it, and um, but also allow space for the good and the bad. Yeah. Which is... Difficult in this time. Yeah, totally.
2: You talked a lot about diversity and inclusion, and then you threw in another word, equity. Will you talk a little bit about what that is and why that's important in this whole mix and conversation?
0: That is important because not only we want to be diverse, but we want to be fair across the board. Yeah. Uh, Whether it's stabilizing pay, equal pay for everybody, Mm -hmm. whether it's being fair with policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. Mm. Uh, that it does not just attract one side of the organization that is 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 fair across the board yeah. and so um, we we have to there's again there's some work to do around that with the equity analysis uh, evaluation that I'm, I'm in the process of doing mm-hmm. and so it's just assessing how how we're doing as far as pay yeah. how we are treating our employees, how we are responding to any uh, inquiries um, mm-hmm. or do we have a space? where employees feel comfortable to come in and report something, like a a compliance hotline is something that we're looking at um, that's separate from just calling Roy. Mm -hmm. um, They they feel comfortable calling this anonymous um, uh, compliance hotline and making sure that we're fair across the board.
2: Mm, That's good. Hey, friends, Lindsay and Mackenzie in here, interrupting this awesome conversation just to talk to you a little bit about our on-site programs. So if you've been around here long enough and listening to the podcast, you've heard from a lot of alumni who share about their on-site experience. And if you've been curious, we want to invite you to check out one of our in-person programs coming up in 2022.
1: Yeah, we just launched our 2022 calendar. And so one of the cool things about the calendar next year is we will be doing more programming out in California at the Oaks. And so um, that's enabling us to do a Living Centered program, uh, which this podcast was named after every two to three weeks. And so you can either do that Living Centered program outside of Nashville at our Cumberland Furnace campus or at the Oaks, which is right outside of San Diego.
2: Yeah, I just love that we got the opportunity this year to look at what are people needing? What are people asking for? I think in the midst of being almost two years into a global pandemic, we're just seeing that rise and people really wanting this in-person experience. And so we really got with our team and got strategic of the ways that we could offer our most popular programs more often, including intensives and our Living Center program. So hopefully you'll
1: check out our calendar and join us for a program and let us know if you're on campus, because we'd love to meet you.
2: We would love to meet you. So explore all our program offerings at onsiteworkshops.com, or you can connect with a member of our admissions team to really figure out what might be the right experience for you at 1-800-341-7432. Now back to the interview. Shifting gears a little bit.
1: I know like a lot of people are in unhealthy work environments Mm -hmm. and sort of they are feeling stuck and sort of without sort of. A new way forward. What advice would you give with to somebody that is struggling in their job and trying to figure out if there's an opportunity to make a transition and how to how to assess when to take a leap and when to just try to change the environment you're in.
0: Well, well, as your chief people officer, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not just the HR person uh, in our world. I tell all of our HR professionals across the country is that HR professionals can sometimes be your priest,
2: be your auntie,
0: <laughs> be your uncle, uh, and, but more importantly, be your therapist as well. Yeah, so, totally. So as your employment therapist, I would ask some questions and meet with that person and, and allow them, uh, I, I hope that I'm approachable one,
1: yeah. where
0: they can come in and talk about it. And, yeah. and and your story, Lindsay, may be a little bit different from uh, Mackenzie's story. And so... What I would do is just have an honest conversation with them. What 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 do they like? If it was mm-hmm. Burger King and you can have it your way, what is it that you would like to do? If there was something created specifically for you, and the thing I like about onsite is let's 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 hear it, yeah, and let's let's take some opportunity to help you reach those goals, yeah, and, and uh, let's put a, a personal professional development plan or career development plan in place for you. Put some metrics in it, some guidelines in it, mm-hmm. and, and then let's go get it. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. What I heard you say was sort of like start by like talking to your HR team, really owning what you want to do and what would make you happier in your mm-hmm. current environment, if that's possible. And then when for somebody that maybe they've got a boss that they're feeling mistreated by, how do you transition well if If it is, like, you determine that you can't sort of make it work and thrive in your current environment.
0: Well, the first thing is, again, have that um, conversation. Yeah. Whether, if it's not HR, go to somebody who you have, you can trust. Yeah. That is in a supervisory capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, I will hope that it's HR. I hope we build relationships and have enough trust with our employees where they feel comfortable coming to me. And then from my therapist hat, I put on my uh, mediation hat. Mm. And and one thing about me is how can we get above this or resolve it? Yeah. And so I like to have what we call a family meeting where I bring the supervisor in, I bring the employee in, and let's just have a positive dialogue. And let's just—it could be something like, uh, well, they won't let me come to work 15 minutes late, and they're, they're always on me, I'm— but but we need to understand why maybe yeah. i'm dropping my child off and that's making me late to work or yeah. um let's just have a sensible conversation to resolve it 9 times out of 10 we can resolve it mm-hmm. but then there are a few that we cannot and then let's just see how uh it progresses and moves to the next step so i think in all of that just having a conversation yeah. Yeah, is the biggest thing I think, because
1: so, so many people don't give voice to their dissatisfaction or they just or the mistreatment. And That's
0: right. Two things happen, yeah. Lindsay. It it is internally, it builds up. Yeah. Um. They don't say anything. They get frustrated and then they leave. And so we need to create space for them to have those conversations. Again, be authentic, and be psychologically safe mm-hmm. uh, to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here listening, and I think you talk with a lot of authority, and I think, obviously, you've been in this industry for a very long time. But I would love just to hear, who is the best boss that you've ever had, and what made them stand out?
0: Oh, wow. That is a great question. Um, There is a boss. I'm just going to call him JS. Mm -hmm. And he was my mentor uh, for the past seven, eight years. Yeah, He's a Philly guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's born and bred in Philly. So he's real straightforward, Mm -hmm. real direct. Love him to death. He just, he had an HR background. He was a CEO of of a healthcare company, but he also had a HR background. Mm -hmm. And he would just talk to you in a way where it was just so calm, so peaceful. Still in that thick Philly, you know, (laughs) he loves his Sixers, his Eagles and all that. I can hear him now, but when he talks... You understand it. He puts it mm-hmm. in a simplistic form, um, and I, I said, I, I, "If he went over a bridge, I will go over the bridge and mm-hmm. jump off with him." Yeah, that's how much he was a mentor to me. And I will be honest: the last two years have been a straightforward challenge because of everything that was going on. Yeah, and I was a workaholic. Believe it or not, I was mm-hmm. a couple <laughs> years ago. I was working eighty hours a day, yeah. six hundred hours a week. Seven days a week, uh, you wow. you name it, I was I was working. And and so uh JS pulled me to the side and said, Hey, I need you to think about work in a different format. Mm-hmm. And he presented the chief culture, diversity, and inclusion officer position to me. He wanted me to create it from scratch. And at the beginning of it, my mindset was I all I'll, I'll I've done, I was, I was a VP of HR for several years. That's all mm. I know It's HR, HR. He said, um, I'm doing this for two reasons. One, I think you'd be great at chief culture, yeah. diversity, inclusion officer. You, you have a sense of connection with employees. But also, two, I'm saving your life. Mm. I didn't understand that. He said, because I see things in, in you and patterns in you that I saw in me years ago. And years yeah. before that, he had a stroke, a massive mm. stroke. Wow. He fully recovered from it, but he was just amazing. And I did not understand that the first month. Mm. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was sitting at home, uh, working from home at the time, and uh, it, he actually, and, and when you think about it, gave me an opportunity to refresh myself, yeah, to make me think about things. He said, hey, it's okay to read a book, Audible, uh, change your pro- processes and he just became not only a, a great mentor but he's a personal friend mm-hmm. uh have a lot of trust in him mm-hmm. and if I can say anything to anybody is get a mentor. Yeah that becomes that is more than just a coworker, a friend. A mentor is somebody who's going to give it to you straight, yeah. whether you like it or not. But then have an open heart to receive anything thing that they say or come back, whether you may agree with it or not, and then see the brighter side of it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to do that, and it was a process.
2: That's awesome. And I think just hearing you say that, I think he did two things. One, he made a really good decision for your company and for the people. You're saying, I think you can be really good at that, and he saw something in you. But then he also made the, like the helped you make the right decision for you as well. And so I think it's a really beautiful marriage um, that employees and employers can kind of lean into of like, what's... How do we find that Venn diagram, right? Like the best decision for the company and also the best decision for you. And how do we find more of those opportunities where those align? That's so cool and so beautiful that he spoke into you and saw parts of himself and really that's brought correct. that to life. Yeah, that's
0: correct. So I'm I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not I'm I'm getting up there now. I've, I'm I'm turning fifty. I'm not ashamed to say that Getting I think up there a, you're, young. As, as, you're so I'm, young. I'm turning fifty uh, <laughs> next year. And so. But, but I feel like I'm 35, I'm still young, I'm still vibrant, and uh, I didn't see that in myself, mm. not only um, about a year ago, I didn't see that. I mean, yeah. we, it, it was tough, but um, I'm grateful for that. And so I, I just want to pour into others and, and do what I've been doing for, for several years, and, which yeah. is, um, you know, investing into our employees, which, which hopefully it will be a better outcome with, with our employees and a better employee experience. That's, yeah. that's my goal is every employee should have a great experience, and let's have fun while doing it.
2: Well, we're grateful for him because I think there's a rippling effect of that, of like when you get healthy, you give the people that you are influencing the permission to get healthy.
0: Perfect. So
2: yeah, yeah.
1: I, I think back about all my kind of major job transitions, and they've all been sort of leadership based. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I I've heard that quote like that a lot of the job satisfaction hinges on the leader, mm-hmm. um, and people that don't people don't leave bad don't, jobs, they leave bad yes, leaders. They right? leave bad leaders. That's the one, and so it just sort of is an encouragement that we as leaders mm-hmm. can really influence the people that work for us. Yeah. And like, even if our overall culture struggles mm-hmm. that we have an opportunity to lead well and make a positive impact on the people that are working for us, what are some of those like standout attributes of leadership that really make a difference for employees?
0: I, I'm going to go back a step. The leadership team here. And that's one of the reasons why I joined the company is it's just amazing. Yeah. Um and I, I said this a couple of days ago is that one is in your heart. Hmm. Uh, the leaders here have a heart. They they look at their employees not just as an employee number, yeah. but they really value the, the the employees that work up under them. The leaders also, I keep saying this, they give them space to be authentic. Mm. Uh, and I will use the, the, the marketing team here. I was t- I was telling my, my wife the other day that, I mean, I think we have the best marketing team. I'm not just saying that because the two of you are in front of me. <laughs>
2: like, We're right here with you.
0: <laughs> but you all bring a sense of energy, mm. a sense of great skills to connect with people. Uh, you do some things that are not necessarily in the scope of everything. I mean, marketing... I mean, you all connect with our employees and do some mm. things on campus that, um, honestly, you should not be doing. But you take the leadership and take the charge. Yeah, That's going to feed off on other departments. Yeah. So uh, you all are, I say this to you all, you all are mentors for, for other departments mm. to be great, to be engaging. Those are some of the attributes. Those are some of the characteristics. Mm. And, and then when, when we have a bad day, I think a good characteristic is is that we learn from it. We grow from it. Yeah. yeah. We're a family. At the end of the day, when the sun goes down, we may not agree on everything, but we're still a family. And I think those are some of the, the simplistic characteristics that uh, leaders need to have. Yeah. Um, and, and not just look at employees as employee numbers and not just, um, I just need to get through today,
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, through the responsibilities of today.
1: Yeah, I think that that authenticity piece is huge. In my personal experience, the people that have led me, they've really helped pull out like some of my strengths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, our CEO, talks to us a lot about our core competencies and what makes me uniquely different than the other people that sit on our leadership team. And um, how do we... How do they sort of allow me to be the best version of myself? And mm-hmm. so, it's funny I wouldn't have necessarily thought about that until you name that as an attribute. But I do think it is so important.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I say this in some of my trainings is that every single one of us are a superhero,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you need to first develop your superhero power. That's the diversity of it. Yeah, yeah, and so. Uh, me, it could be engaging employees yeah. or building strong relationships with you. Creative thinking, yeah. And so when we come in and sit at the table, and all of our superhero powers come together, we can accomplish and do anything. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. And so that, to me, when it goes back to the diversity piece, is that it's it's okay for us to be different. Yeah. To bring different perspectives but when you come in at the table and you put all that together oh my goodness that's that's just thinking about that is just it's just amazing
1: yeah that's when yeah. the magic happens that
0: that is when the magic happens exactly <laughs> that's
2: great <laughs> i think that type of um authenticity to me it sounds really beautiful and wonderful but it also feels a little messy and you've used the word family a couple times and i think like some people have a different schema for what family means, right? Like they wouldn't want to have a family at work. How do we marry those two ideas and be authentic with the people that we work with, have safe spaces to show up as ourselves, and also do that in a productive, healthy...
0: Professional. Professional. I Mm -hmm. think that's the
2: word I want, way. Because I think that's what I... I wonder how to do that well. I, I think you would be kind of in a balancing act, right?
0: Yeah. And that's... You put it in good perspective because not everybody come... From a healthy family yeah. background, and so why would you, the chief people officer, say family? Mm-hmm. And that—that and that is very well put. When you put that into perspective, everybody's not going to say, "I want a family." Yeah. But I think it's my responsibility to educate our employees on, "Hey, we work forty, fifty hours a week together." Yeah. I may see you more during the week than my 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 pet. For uh, sure. My, my, my little Your golden, Gigi. My Gigi, my golden doodle, <laughs> who's spoiled, by the way. But um, <laughs> she's what? She's spoiled. <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. Uh, that's a different conversation. But I want employees to think of our family as a good, healthy source.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, where we all connect together. Yeah. Where we belong, and when you create again that space for employees to just, uh, I know we've been saying it a lot. But that's the word of the day of the week Mm -hmm. is being authentic Yeah, and then providing them a space to do that. I I think that's pretty remarkable. And so a healthy family, when you educate employees that a healthy, a true healthy family is one, going to be there for them, going to support them. We may disagree on things, Mm -hmm. but I still got your back. I still have your back. Yeah, that's just true, authentic. I've had some employees say, Hey, my family at home is just crazy. Mm-hmm. But when I come here, it gives me a good example of how a family should be, how we connected. Mm-hmm. And when you hear stories like that, it's just amazing that we can come together and, and be a sense of family and, and love on each other.
2: Yeah. Hearing you say that, I think a healthy family isn't void of accountability or isn't a void of. Um, rules or, you know, just like boundaries, I think, even mm-hmm. like the healthiest families have boundaries. And so that is an interesting way for you to say that. Also, I've heard in another context that family is where you're loved into your purpose. And I think some of the things that you've been saying about like, seeing people identifying what they bring to the table uniquely is really um, could be a really beautiful aspect of a healthy work environment. So yeah, those right. are good thoughts.
1: Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times when we're closing, we'll ask people just what their practices are for staying centered and emotionally healthy. Do you have anything that you do sort of daily or weekly to sort of just stay grounded and centered? And
0: I do. I think uh, I have three beautiful girls and uh, I staying connected, I talk to them. Yeah. I like to watch sports. Um
1: What are your teams?
0: My team I can't say it around here too much. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Oh wow. All right. So so please don't don't fault me on that. Uh I know I'm in the heart of Tennessee land, tighten up and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah. But I'm a Ravens fan. Uh, uh I am truly a Ravens fan. But also sewing into myself, mm-hmm. filling up my tank. And so I after one thing I do, I have strong workplace ba- boundaries. And so after 7.30, uh, I stop looking at emails only if it's emergent. I will respond to emergent emails. But after 7.30, I stop. That's mm. Roy's time. If Roy want to have an, an adult beverage or watch a movie or pet the dog or something from mm-hmm. 7.30 to the time I lay down, that is my time.
2: Yeah.
0: And so um, very strict on that. But also, I like I love Audible. I don't know why hmm. I love uh, somebody reading to me or telling me a story or you reading a book. You got long drives
2: now to lean into that.
0: I do, <laughs> and so I I uh, enjoy those those simply do simple Do you do fiction items.
1: or nonfiction?
0: You know, I, I'm kind of boring, so I, I I read HR books. and oh, yeah. You know, powerful books. I'm I'm reading something by John Maxwell now, the mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Power of Potential, and one. so that's that's pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying those.
1: That's great. Well, Roy, thank you so much for joining us today. Mm -hmm. We'll have to have you back on and hear more about how things are going um, as you help us just really embrace and love on our people well and make this the best place to work.
0: That's right. Let's have fun. Let's Let's go. go. Let's do it. (laughs) We're so grateful for you. Take care. Thank you for listening
1: today and for committing valuable time to share space with these powerful stories. Make sure you hit subscribe to get all of our inspiring conversations with these incredible people delivered directly to you. And if you found this conversation particularly impactful, consider supporting the show by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. When our emotional health is suffering, many of us begin to feel alone and overwhelmed. If you're in that place right now, we deeply encourage you to ask for help. If Onsite can support you in connecting the dots with one of our programs or other offerings, our admissions team would love to connect with you. Simply call 1-800-341-7432 or visit onsiteworkshops.com.